You are listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores all things pedal pumping with your host, Mimi Footnip. Thanks for coming around again for yet another week of pedal pumping fun. I'm a content creator. I'm a foot model. I'm a pedal pumping enthusiast. And if you want to know more about me and my work, you can get details uh, on my website which is mimifootnip.com. So as promised from last week, I am going to read an email, uh, a story, and I've got a couple other emails that I hope to get to, but I'm not going to rush through these because they deserve um, time and attention. But we'll just see how we're doing with time. I want to first off start by thanking my patrons and the Patreon community. You guys just blow me away month after month supporting this podcast. I want to thank you personally and I want to thank you on behalf of all of the listeners who also enjoy this podcast. Tevin, Jim, Riker, Old Dirty, Michael, DBM, Not a Golfer, Sheldon, Rayshon, Steven, Eric F., Eric J., Crinking Fan, Rocket Man, Leo, Havayana's fan, Robert and Austin. You guys are incredible. Thank you so, so much. Many of you reached out to me this week for my birthday to help me celebrate, and that was incredibly special and touching. You all had like various different ways of expressing birthday wishes to me, and it was it was really sweet and really made my day something else so thank you all so so much um it's kind of a crazy transition time i'm actively packing up and getting ready for the move to hawaii uh i just sent my my barefoot gas pedal off to hawaii so that i'll have it on the island and i'll get to i just thought that would be so appropriate right don't you guys want to see my sandy barefoot on the barefoot pedal after like a day of hanging out at the beach I don't know we'll see (laughs) I'm not gonna have my BMW over there but I am gonna be driving my boyfriend's car and he has an older I think it's an 07 2007 Honda Civic five-speed so got that little clutch action which is fun um so look forward to that on OnlyFans and maybe I'll even toss a few videos in the clip store for you guys. Um All right, so before I go on and on, let's see. I want to jump right into Leo's email from last time uh right after this little break. Okay, welcome back from the break and we'll just get right into it. This is a story from Leo who is a patron of the podcast and he's actually sent me a series of stories that I will be reading on future episodes. So here goes. It was my junior year in high school and I felt happy back then. Just got my license and so desperately wanted to get a car. A couple of my friends had their licenses and got their rides from hand-me-downs from their parents. My friend Cal got a 76 Honda CVCC before they were called Civics from his dad and my other friend Troy got an 84 Nissan Sentra from his grandma. I had saved up money 
from my summer job working as a labor worker at the cannery in downtown. It was February and I just turned 17. I just got a job working at the gas station as a gas boy. The Chevron Becky used to work at. Full service attendant was a fairly simple job. 3 p.m. till closing Sunday to Wednesday and off Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was cool. I was saving up to look for a project car to build a lowrider or something along the lines. So far, I was three weeks into the job and everything was good. Customers pull up and I service them. It also gave me a little opportunity to indulge in my fetish a bit. You see, as the customer pulls in, I could get a good view of what goes on down into that floorboard. I wasn't planning on getting this job and wasn't expecting anything from it. I was more motivated to make money and advance in the automotive industry as my experience working at the gas station slash mechanical repair shop would help me in the future I want. Back to my early times working, I immediately started working after school. Got out since it was a block away from the high school. I get in, change into my uniform, and stand outside by the gas pump and wait and get paid $6.50 an hour for doing that. It was from the first day at work I knew I had the right job for my fetish. School got out at 2.30 p.m., but you got students that hang out at school or do other activities in school after. This particular time of year, you had cheerleader practice, ROTC, and other activities like drama club going into full swing. So, on my first day, I was having some fetish fun. A blue 87 Accord coupe rolls in, and in it, an older lady with her daughter in the car. I recognized the daughter as she is an underclassman that I'd seen around school and her mom, a Filipino woman looking like somewhere in her 40s. She pulled up to the gas and I go and I walk up and I ask, how may I help you today? I watch as she reached into her purse. While she did that, I looked into the footwell and yup, her sandals were off and bare feet on the floor. It was moderately arousing, but she was around the same age as my mom, so I passed on the fantasy of her feet. $20 regular, please. In a heavy Filipino accent. Of course, I replied and pumped the fuel into the car. It was around 4.30 p.m., and next up was a newer red VW Jetta. This one had some cheerleaders from school. They recognized me, all four of them, and said hi, and I talked to the driver. Who are you again? I asked. The driver, it's Emily, dummy. Me. Oh, yeah, fourth period. Emily was a Filipina girl from the valley. She was cute. Standing around five feet, two inches, with a, a really petite frame and a cute butt, but a little lacking in the breast department. Raspy voice and a cute smile, light brown skin, and her hair went just past her shoulders. She passed me a $20 bill, and the girls started to hop out to go to the snack bar in the office. Emily stayed in the car as I pumped her gas. The fuel door was on the passenger side of the vehicle, so I had to kind of press the hose, sorry, pass the hose over the car, but I stopped and told Emily. She had to move the car around because I didn't want to scratch her paint. As I was asking Emily, she opened the door to talk to me, and I saw that she drove in her white socks on. She shut her door and drove her VW around to face the VW the right way. I pumped her gas mildly aroused. I heard the trunk latch open and Emily hops out, quickly runs to the trunk, 
and grabbed her sneakers and put them on, but not fully. The counter lining of her shoes were being smashed under her heels, exposing them in the dirt spot on the back of her right foot. She walked over to the snack bar to get a soda, and then the rest of them came back and Emily gets in. She doesn't close her door right away and allowed me to watch her slide out of her shoes and place her socked right foot on the gas pedal, looks at me and says, see you in class tomorrow, bye. The door closed and away she went. Working there had its perks and the majority of the women that came in would be driving barefoot. But it wasn't just women of all ages who could drive, it was men too. I definitely wasn't into that. I got grossed out from it. I saw more pleasurable to see a woman being behind the wheel of a vehicle and commanding it with their bare feet. I especially like to take notice of when and how they removed the footwear. Also the movement of a woman's feet on the pedals. It pretty much was a time of taking notes and understanding this fetish. Back to my job at the gas station. So it was 2.45 p.m. and I'm walking to work. I just got out the gate of the high school and the JROTC class was practicing in the front field. It was more of a dress uniform assembly because I saw a lot of girls in their uniforms, light gray button up top and navy blue knee length skirt with either a pair of one inch high heels or dress pumps. I really didn't think nothing of it since the week before I saw the cheerleaders practicing and Emily came over to the gas station and gave me a little show, but they were not practicing today, so I continued on to work. This day was like any other day. Some ladies drove in and I pumped their fuel, then take a peek. Yeah, I occasionally see a barefoot on the floorboard or on the brake, but I noticed it was more arousing if I was a if it was a girl around my age or at most 10 years older. I was trying to gauge my level of arousal. My age level scale developed, and this is what I came up with. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, ages 17, my age at the time, to 27, a 10 or nine. Ages 28 to 35, an eight or seven. Ages 36 to mid 40s, six or five, ages 46 and to 50s, maybe a five or four, ages 55 and up, three or less. I'd try to develop other scale methods on appearance or type of vehicle and type of footwear, but the age grouping was a much simpler way for me to work with. Driving barefoot with stockings was a plus one point on the scale too. Back to that day. It was around 4 p.m. It was beginning to rain. I went into the shop to get a raincoat and nearly slipped on the cement by the gas pump. The rain, oil, and spilt gasoline on the ground created a slippery spot next to pump number four. I needed to get a spill kit from the shop too now. I cautiously walked to the back to grab a poncho and some absorbent to drop on the slippery concrete. As I was in the shop preparing the items, the indicator bell rang. Ding, ding, as the bell rung, I looked out the open roll-up gate. A tan 1990 Honda Civic stopped at pump four. Being pump four was the slippery spot and also the full service lane had me a little annoyed, but the rain had also stopped and that made me less worried about slipping. 
I could only see the nose of the car from the garage as I walked up. My view was blocked by the pump. As I got around, to my surprise, it was one of the JROTC girls who I saw a couple of hours ago. A fair-skinned, dirty blonde hair with a crown-like braided hairstyle. Beautiful light brown eyes and freckles on her cheeks. I got up to her window and I asked, how can I help you? She said, my red light came on. What does that mean? I looked at it and told her that it was her oil light. As I explained her the situation, I couldn't help but notice both her black dress pumps sitting below her legs, which were extended into the footwell, but from my angle, the dash blocked my view of her feet. I should check your oil level. Open the hood, I said. She looked around the dashboard and steering column. I thought to myself already that this was probably her first time driving this thing. What's wrong? I asked. She replied, where is it? You want me to open it for you? I asked. Yes, please, she replied. I then say, with your permission, may I? She opened her door and yes, both legs extended under the dash to reveal a bare tan stocking covered foot on the clutch pedal and another tan stocking foot on the brake. I reached down to pull the lever and get a closer look at those feet. Her second toe was prominently longer than her big toe, and her toenails were not painted, but well-trimmed. Long and slender, the big toe was a bulbous at the tip. Her left toes pointed hard into the clutch, causing them to turn white at the tips, even though the tan stocking I could see this, and her right stockinged toe rested level on the brake, with her second toe just reaching the top of the pedal. The tan stockings were more like footsie stockings that you can't see when the dress pump was worn. It was the first time I saw that type. I pulled the hood latch lever and opened the hood for her. At this time, I was pretty much fully aroused and getting an erection while checking her oil. It was not even showing on the stick and needed more than a couple of quarts. I leaned over to my right, sticking my head out past the open hood and told her she had no oil also, she needed at least three quarts. She agreed, and I put the oil in, then wrote the receipt on the clipboard that we had at the desk. I walked back to her open driver door and handed her a receipt and held the clipboard in front of my pants to hide my excitement. I was getting a good view of her stocking feet resting on the floor, and her dress pumps were in the back seat now. The driver door still open. She starts the little Honda. I watch her left foot point to the clutch pedal. Her toes bend back and tips turned white as she extended her leg, her calf muscle expanding as she did and the Civic started. She looked back at me and smiled. I couldn't help but notice her freckles. She asked me another question. Is it bad if it makes a rattling sound? She said. I don't hear anything, I replied. She looks back at the dashboard and moves her right foot over the gas pedal. Her toes started to splay, which made her nylon socks stretch when pressed on the gas pedal. I was like, wow. Then the motor revved and started to rattle. Oh, that's not good, I replied. She then looked at me and said, really? I live right up the road. Will I make it? I told her yes, but be gentle on the gas pedal. Don't drive it hard and you should make it. The look of fear disappeared from her face and she smiled. She then closed her door and let the car idle for a bit as I walked around the front of the Honda. I could hear a slight tap, but nothing too concerning. 
As I walked away, I remembered the slippery spot and turned around to look as she tried to gently pull away. The right tire broke traction and spun for a second and regained traction, lunging the car forward. She quickly stopped. I quickly walked back to her window and apologized for telling her that there was a slippery spot where she parked and I forgot to clean it up. She panicked for a bit when the tire spun. She explained to me that it was her mom's car and her brother used it the other day going to the beach. She explained that he drove it to the other side of the island and back. She used the car today because the battery was dead in her car this morning. I told her not to worry. Just bring the car back later and have our mechanic look at it. She asked me what my name was. It's Leo, I replied. I'm Erin, she responded and smiled. We shook hands and she shifted into first. I could see her right foot as she was pressing the gas pedal gently with the big toe and she feathered it through with the pumping motion of her foot. Then the Honda Civic slowly moved forward. I listened to how the motor would rev to her using her big toe on the gas pedal and it really aroused me. As I stood there watching her drive to the driveway and stop for traffic, I could hear her start to feather the gas again as she drove away. I would imagine what her stocking big toe was doing to that gas pedal as she drove off. Ding, ding, another customer, and I got four and a half hours more to go from Leo. Thank you, Leo. I This is a great story. I love... Um, how it's kind of all over the place and you bring in so many different elements like your school days and all those old cars and I remember when Honda Civics were CVCCs I never really understood what that meant does anyone know what that stands for or does it stand for anything or is it just a bunch of letters like a name um, but I remember those cool old Hondas in fact there were kids in my high school I remember a girl that was on the soccer team with me had a brown one I think hers was a little bit older though maybe like 81 maybe 70s wait let me see what year did you say that Honda was your friend Cal's Honda 76 yeah okay so that's the era and they were like white or yellow or orange or brown those were the colors I remember from that era from like the late seven mid to late 70s and maybe like the first like 1980 81 um and I totally remember those 1980s um Nissan Sentras they were kind of just like a I don't know I I just thought they looked like such a like typical sedan kind of like a, a car you would just I want to say generic, but I don't want to offend any Nissan Sentra fans out there. I thought they were cool. Um, I had a friend who drove one. I thought it was way cooler than my Rabbit. I had a 1979 Rabbit. I guess I thought any car that was like from the 80s was cooler than a car from the 70s because I was a high school student in the 80s and I wanted a, you know, I thought ugh, driving this 1979 car it's like old it's so last decade you know what I mean <laughs> but I went to a high school where like the only kid that had a brand new car in our high school parking lot was the girl whose dad was a car like worked was a car salesman and he worked at the um was it the Chevy dealership and she drove a brand new Geo Storm. Do you guys remember those? Oh my God. 
She drove, a, she drove a brand new convertible Geo Storm with like the paper dealer license plate or whatever, like the dealership. And but she was the only kid that had a new car. I mean, the rest of us drove like complete junkers and old, you know. Some of us had better cars than others, but like it was not a fancy like the hand-me-down cars that either like in my case, I bought my own car, like Leo in the story. I worked summer jobs and saved up and bought my own car. Some kids did, like, inherit a parent's car, like, get a hand-me-down. But they were never, like, fancy cars, you know. There was another high school um, that, like, in my county, I guess. And, they, and that was kind of known as the high school with, like, the rich kids. You'd see, like... Um, they were hand-me-downs, but they were like Beamers, you know, BMWs and Mercedes and Audis and cars like that. In my school parking lot, it was like Ford Pintos and like old Volkswagens and like old Hondas. And <laughs> not that those were bad cars, but they were, you know, not luxury cars. Let's just say that. Um, but doesn't matter. It was cool. It was fun. The, I like. I guess the story. I like the story because it brings back some of my own like high school car memories. This is when you were seventeen, um, and you worked at Chevron, and my parents gave me um, a cre a Chevron credit card when I was in high school, and I was allowed to put ten dollars worth of gas in my car every week. And I was always, and they told me, like, if you abuse this privilege, we're going to just, you know, take it away. We'll just take your name off the credit. We'll call the credit card company and, you know, take your name off the credit card. So I never bought a pack of gum or a candy bar or anything. It was just my $10 worth of gas once a week. And that was that. And because I was so like, not that my parents were assholes, but I was, I don't know. I had that like first child syndrome of like wanting to like follow all the rules and um I was afraid of consequences so I was um pretty good kid <laughs> got my ten dollars worth of gas every week I guess I was kind of spoiled in a way um anyway so I um I'm, I, I'm just liking I'm just digging the story the old cars and the the girls from school and do you guys remember like seeing your friends or, or not even really friends but like classmates at like their part-time job I don't know just you're driving around you have no idea like what to do with like car trouble if the light comes on or whatever but you're but you're also feeling so grown up and so cool and independent and then you see your friends are like working you're like hey um or you know to the like kids in your class it's just so funny and then it's hilarious to me that you developed this um like rating system of like how I actually really appreciate that you talk about how aroused you were rather than saying like how attractive the the woman was because we have this um because, you know, I'm, of course, I'm going to talk about this. We have this system of misogyny that's like rating 
the way that our culture objectifies women and like rates their beauty and beauty contests and um, like she's a 10 or she's an eight or whatever. And I, I really love how you made a scale about your arousal level, which is really different, right? Because you're saying this is like how these are the like her attractiveness isn't like some objective truth. It's my response to it. And to me, I'm getting an arousal level of a, a six or an eight or a 10. Um, and I really like how you kind of just took ownership in your system, your, your rating system. It's not really objectifying. It's more like you're measuring your own arousal. I wish more guys would do that. And, and women too, more guys and gals would kind of take ownership of their preferences rather than foisting it on others and saying like that person's not attractive when in fact you're the one that's not attracted to them. They may be attractive and probably are attractive to other people. So I really like that. Like your level of maturity is impressive. Uh, I just, I just think that's really, really cool and um, noteworthy. It's not something that you see every day. So I just want to highlight that and spend a minute to talk about it because it's impressive. Um, And you seem like such a, like a sweet, conscientious kid, like worker, like you're trying to take care of all your customers and do a good job and help them out. And yeah, you're, you know, like taking, taking a look and seeing what you see. But I felt like in your story, you're very um, respectful and not trying to you know, like manipulate somebody because in that job, you would have potentially had opportunities to be kind of manipulative, like, you know, set set up situations for you to indulge in your fetish that maybe wouldn't be like on the up and up. You know what I mean? It just sounds like you're such a good kid. That's that's the feeling I get. Like, I wish we would have been friends in high school. Oh, and then you talk about her toe and her like second toe being longer than her big toe. And that, I probably know this, is called Morton's toe. And it's technically considered a congenital condition. And some doctor named, or I don't know what the person, some person named Morton was the person who identified and, and, discovered I'm air quoting um in the scientific literature the this essentially it's like considered a birth defect which is weird because it seems like a lot of people have this like longer second toe um but whatever it's I mean I think it's pretty common I I don't have it but I know I've seen lots of models, lots of foot models on Instagram, lots of on Twitter, you know, like just foot models and pages where you see the longer second toe. And in fact, I've even heard from some of you that you actually find it particularly arousing and like that that is a feature, not a bug kind of thing. So I don't know what it is about it that would make it be classified as a congenital condition. Um, but 
but I I love your detailed description of her toenails, of her toes, that the end of her big toe is a little bit bulbous, and it just really like it stuck with you throughout the years. And I'm curious, Leo, if that is a prefer, if that like kind of look, if the, that type of toe is particularly attractive to you or arousing to you now if um or if that was just an observation you're making maybe it has maybe it's just independent of your current preferences of um toes assuming that you are into toes i mean i assume everybody's into toes and feet but they are not so um anyway i thank you so much for sharing the story we are running kind of long today but i am going to do one more um short email from mark and he says, please share on the Pedal Pumping Podcast. <laughs> hey, Mimi, it's been a while. I still listen to the podcast every week, and I know I have been in and out with your OnlyFans page, but I still love watching your content. As you know, I am a big fan of barefoot driving. I love when women, especially my wife Jess, slips off their shoes and drives in their bare feet or nylons and occasionally socks. I am curious as to when you started to drive barefoot. What was your first experience with driving without shoes and do you prefer it better than driving with shoes? Thank you for the amazing content and podcast. Can't wait to hear your answer. Always, Mark. It's great to hear from you, Mark. And um, thanks for your question and and thanks for uh, the compliments. I'm glad that you're listening every week. That makes me super happy. And... um, barefoot driving question let's see my first experience driving barefoot I honestly don't know I mean I was probably a teenager and I'm guessing it was probably like I was at the beach with my friends and my feet were sandy and I didn't want to put like my wet sandy feet in my shoes like that's my best guess um but I honestly don't have like a clear memory of the first time I drove barefoot it would have been in my rabbit which was an automatic um I'm just trying to think like if there's any like nothing is triggering any kind of memory about it like nowadays in my adult life I I mean I don't I don't know I feel like you, in your question, it's like you say, I'm curious as to when you started to drive barefoot and if I prefer it better than driving with shoes. Okay, so it's not, to me, like the way I think about it is not, it's not something that I started to do, and I'm using air quotes again. It's just something that's like happens from time to time. That's why I don't have like a memory of like some, it's not something that I started. It's like when the circumstances require I drive without shoes. And sometimes that's because my feet are going to either be like sandy or wet. Oftentimes when I'm, um, I would say 100% of the time really, when I'm, when I, after I've gone hiking, when I get back to the car, I take my hiking shoes off and I'll drive home either just wearing my socks or I take my socks off too and I'll drive home barefoot. Um, 
I always like at the end and I haven't done this in years because of COVID and because I'm old, but, um, I used to go, I love dancing. I just love, love dancing. And I used to go clubbing a lot. And actually I shouldn't say that I don't go clubbing cause I'm old. Cause honestly, I still would go clubbing. Um, I just work super early in the morning seven days a week and so there's no like good night for me and I have to drive like an hour to go to a club so <sighs> that's my excuse like I would get home so late that I wouldn't be functional for work in the morning but I love dancing I love dancing to club music like pop music whatever and after a long night of dancing and I'm one of these people who never takes my shoes off like on the dance floor because like wearing cute shoes is part of the whole vibe. So, and I always dance in heels. So after a long night of dancing, I get in my car and the first thing I do is like kick my shoes off because my feet are tired, they hurt, they're hot and sweaty and like just they want to be aired out on the pedals hour long drive home uh, after a night out and like I'll just walk into my house barefoot like carrying my shoes so yeah like that's a time that I always drive barefoot is if um, I've been out dancing and just also on like any other time where it's really hot um, like I'll end up slipping off my shoes I'll like I'll often I'll start driving with shoes and then I become I feel like my feet are getting hot and I'll just kick my shoes off or remove my shoes to drive more comfortably uh if it's like flip-flops or something like that like a shoe I can just slip out of sometimes I'll just leave the shoe in the on the floorboard and like rest my foot on top of it so that like I feel like my foot will stay cleaner than if I'm just putting it on the like floor of the car like the floor mat um, so when it's not on a pedal, like if my foot isn't on the pedal and it's resting on the floor, that it's actually I just like rested on top of my shoe. Um, let me think. Other times I'm driving barefoot. Sometimes I like to drive barefoot in the Jeep because um, <laughs> this is kind of a funny one. So it can be kind of cold in the Jeep, right? There's it's like it's topless. There's no doors. There's no heater. <laughs> There's no air conditioning. There's no clock or radio or cup holder. I don't even have a cigarette lighter in the Jeep, okay? And so the gas pedal, sometimes um, if I, once the Jeep's warmed up, the gas pedal is usually kind of warm. And so I sometimes will drive barefoot because I want to warm my feet up. My feet are cold and I'll slip my shoes off and... Um, at least my right foot will be warm on the, the gas pedal. <laughs> so that's one reason I sometimes will drive the Jeep barefoot. Sometimes I drive the Jeep barefoot because the pedals are really um, kind of slippery and kind of, it requires a lot of um, like physical effort. I, you know, I don't have power brakes and everything is... Um, like much harder in the Jeep. So I feel like sometimes driving barefoot in the Jeep, I have better grip and better control if I'm just making like skin to pedal contact rather than having like 
a layer of shoe between me and the Jeep pedals. So um, sometimes it's just because I feel like I have more control when I'm barefoot. In the in the BMW, it's it would usually because of be something like I've been hiking. Uh, roller skating is another thing. If I've been roller skating, I take my skates off and my feet are like tired and hot and sore and I'll just drive barefoot like home from the roller rink or home from, you know, if I'm out skating somewhere. Um, so that's, I hope that answers your question. I don't really have like a, a thing for barefoot driving. It's not like a thing to me. It's more just like something that happens for I guess more practical reasons, comfort, like I want to be comfortable. Um, when I'm cranking and I'm doing a lot of cranking, often my shoe will come off because my foot's getting hot and I'm like, you know, doing all this work and I'm like, oh, I just want my shoe off, that kind of thing. So you'll see that in my cranking videos for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I hope that kind of answers your question. Let me see. And then do I prefer it better than with driving with shoes? Totally depends. Totally depends. Like I, I think it's like very situational for me. I don't have like a blanket preference. Like, oh, I like driving with flip flops or high heels or barefoot. Um, like all of those driving experiences are great. Um... I think it's all about just being comfortable in the moment and that can that can change from you know moment to moment even in the same in the same drive I might put my shoes on and off and and maybe on again depending on you know the circumstances so I'm gonna end it here because this is a long one again I feel like the podcast is just getting longer and longer I hope I haven't lost anybody <sighs> all right We'll meet back here next week and do it all again. Have a great weekend. Bye.